The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane, sending you greetings from the uh, believers in Nacogdoches, Texas. Today on the program, we have Denise Montanay. And Denise is a right-to-life author, public speaker. Uh, she's writing a script for a movie. She is a one active lady. Welcome to the program, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yes, well, I think my story is very typical for a lot of uh, women uh, in this generation. Uh, but in a nutshell, to give you a brief version, I was, um, you know, and some of the things I share. You know, people may have never heard before, but, uh, you know, I'm using my testimony as, as a, as an instrument, uh, to expose a lot of darkness in the world right now. Uh, tragically, I was raped at the age of 13. I was having a sleepover at a girlfriend's house, and in the night, her older brother raped me. My virginity was stolen. I never gave it away, but I never told anyone about the rape. I, I kept quiet. But I felt like a piece of garbage, and I thought, no nice guy will ever want to marry me now because I'm not a virgin. And uh, I ended up starting to experiment with the smoking cigarettes and started drinking a little bit and had my first crush at the age of 16 and um, was intimate with this, uh, you know, my first love, what I would call my first love. And uh, we were going out there for several months and going together for several months. And um, and then suddenly he decided to break off with me because he wanted to go out with someone else. And I was, you know, my heart was crushed because I thought he loved me. And, you know, we were we were in a, you know, I thought a good relationship. But I was only 16. He was a bit older. And uh, Anyway, we broke up, and long story short, I went to Switzerland. My mother sent me over there to stay with my uh, my family there who had a restaurant, and I was working for my aunt who happened to be about seven, eight months pregnant when I got there. And uh, next thing you know, I'm having, I'm I'm like vomiting in the morning. I'm not feeling well. And she's like, uh, Denise, you better go get a checkup. I went to the doctor. And he told me I was pregnant. So here I am, 16 years old, pregnant in a foreign country. I could hardly speak the language. And, um, you know, I was, I was shocked. But I thought to myself, you know what? I can do this. And I actually started to steal baby clothes from my aunt who was getting so many cute little outfits and bonnets and uh, booties and all this. And I thought, oh, she won't notice this little outfit missing or that little outfit missing. And I was making a stash. And then one day I was driving my grandfather's moped, which is like a motorcycle. And I came around a corner and I hit a van head on. 
no helmet or anything, crashed to the ground. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll have a miscarriage. But that never happened. I called my mother back in Canada here, and I, uh, you know, I'm crying. I'm like, Mom, I just wrecked the motorcycle, Grandpa's moped, you know. And so she took the next flight, and my mother was there the next day. So I was thinking, should I tell her I'm pregnant? Shouldn't I tell her, you know? Anyway, I told my mom that I was pregnant at 16. And she she put her arms around me, and she said, Denise, honey, you're only 16. You have your whole life ahead of you. She said, why don't you just come with me back to Canada and you can have this operation and just forget about it and get on with your life. So I thought, oh, I can get unpregnant. It's okay with the doctors. It's okay with the government. It's okay with my mother. So ignorantly, I thought it must be okay. And I went and I had that first abortion. And the thing is, Pastor John, most women are pressured into having their abortions. They don't really want one, but they're pressured into it by other people. And, you know, the second time I got pregnant uh, was about 10 years later. So I'm now 26 years old and in a relationship with a young man. I was obviously not a Christian at that time. And uh, we were in a relationship and I got pregnant the second time. And when I got pregnant, uh, you know, when the doctor told me that I was pregnant, uh, I asked him, I said, you know, how far along do you think I am? And we figured out probably I was about eight, nine weeks pregnant at that time. I said, what's there? What's developed? And he took a pen, a piece of paper, and he put a little dot on the page. And he said, oh, it's nothing. It's just a clump of tissue. Well, later... I, I found out that he totally lied to me that at eight, nine weeks, I was shocked to see, you know, years later what was actually developed. And, um, and then when I, when I told my boyfriend that I was pregnant, he went in a fit of rage and he started yelling at me. You better have an abortion. I never want to see you again. How can I do this to him? And he went on and on, and I was devastated. And so the second pregnancy, I, uh, and of course the doctor just said, oh, just, you know, you can just make an appointment and it's quick, easy. But the second abortion was done in a Buffalo, New York abortion clinic wide awake. And it was devastating. Um, I, you know, I will never forget that trauma of having an abortion in a clinic wide awake. It was the most excruciating pain you can't even imagine. Um, I was begging him to stop because I changed my mind. I wanted to get out of there. And he said, no, no, we can't stop now. And the pain was excruciating. I was crying, screaming, trying to get away. Um, and actually, Pastor John, it felt like I was being raped again. That's how abortion feels. And after that, I curled up into a fetal position, and I felt like my brain had snapped, and I couldn't even talk. And um, I was like in slow motion. I think I went into some kind of shock. 
and uh, the nurse was like, hurry up, you know, there's other people waiting, you have to get going, you can't lay here all day, or, you know, there was like no compassion. And I got out of there, and I thought, I just kind of felt like um, I would never be the same. And uh, I ended up getting many complications from so-called safe and legal abortion. And I know I'm representing millions of women um, who have never spoken about it or, or don't go public and talk about it because it's the deep, dark secret you don't want anyone to know about. And um, I ended up going into a deep depression. I didn't care about myself. I just wanted to die. I self-isolated. I was drinking and drinking and taking lots of drugs. And um, I went into a deep, deep pit of despair. And then I ended up going out one night with a girlfriend, had a one-night stand, met a guy, had a one-night stand, got pregnant a third time. And the third time, the shame of not knowing his last name uh, was enough for me to go and have ignorantly a third abortion. And many women, actually about 50% or more of women who have one abortion will have multiple abortions because we're not dealing with what an abortion really is and what it's doing to our children. And just being ignorant of the truth of fetal development because they lie to women, to pregnant women. Like, you know, I was told, oh, it's just a clump of tissue. And, um, and so, you know, I thought, you know, it's nothing. But then when I found out the truth of fetal development, I was just amazed because when you realize the truth, how God created us in our mother's womb where we were fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, that from the moment of conception, all the DNA is there. If it's a boy, a girl, you know, all the knowledge on how this newly little conceived person is going to grow beautiful eyes to see, ears to hear, a mouth to speak, a brain, arms, legs, fingers, toes, every vital organ, all of that knowledge is there from the moment of conception. And how how we are knit together, it is such a miracle on how we are created in our mother's womb. And um, And it is not a potential human being, it is a human being with potential. And the word fetus is a Latin word that means the little one. And, um, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, it's a woman's body and you can do what you want with your with her body. But the but the truth is, when a woman gets pregnant, there's another little body inside her body. Right. It is not just a clump of tissue. It is a human being with potential to find a cure for cancer, to whatever. You know, God has given every human being a purpose. And, um, you know, and oh, well, it's my choice. Well, the choice to have your baby killed before birth should be unthinkable, not a form of birth control. So, Denise, you um, you became a Christian, and you're carrying this message. You are um, a voice of faith, a voice of forgiveness, a voice of new life. And uh, 
tell us some of the countries that you now go to. Well, my favorite song is Amazing Grace. You know, how God would forgive a wretch like I was. Like, it is it is incredible. And uh, when I surrendered my life to the Lord 34 years ago at the age of 30, you know, I quit smoking, drinking, drugs. He totally changed my life. And then he, I just knew that I knew that God wanted me to be a voice for my children who had no voice. And he gave me, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I got the courage and boldness to speak publicly. And I don't care what people think of me. I care what God thinks because it's a way bigger peach, way bigger picture. And then he began to send me like to Africa, China, uh, Russia. I've been to Russia twice, the Philippines, uh, India, and all over Europe and even into the United Nations with this message. Uh, meeting with UN ambassadors and delegates because there is such a push at the UN level to, um, to, uh, do population control through abortions. And they want to propagate abortions in every nation globally without any, uh, restrictions and paid for by taxpayers. But in reality, Pastor John, it is the shedding of innocent blood. And the shedding of innocent blood pollutes the land, the Bible says. But Revelation 12:11 says that we defeat Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and did not love our lives even unto death. And so this is big on God's heart. And um, we are not even replacing ourselves in all the developed countries. Right now we have aging, dying populations. Because of abortion and birth control and, and the complications of abortion, which I'd really like to touch on quickly, is a lot of people are not even aware because the media suppresses the truth. And right now there's not one or two studies. There's over 60 published studies linking breast cancer to induced abortion. And the first study was done in Japan in 1957. And since then, many worldwide studies, it has to do with the hormones and estrogen positive breast cancer. And uh, we have the evidence. It's very clear. And China did a huge uh, study finding that one abortion, and they do the most abortions per capita in the whole world, by the way. And uh, they found that one abortion increases the risk of breast cancer by 44%. Plus, there's also over a hundred studies from 34 countries linking premature births, like in subsequent wanted children. So now you want a baby and um, your babies are being born prematurely because of your abortions. Uh, sterility, um, infertility is huge also. And then, of course, we also have the mental health because one day, Pastor John, it hits you. We try to push it down. We try to forget about it. But it can affect your sex life because abortion is connected with sex. It can affect your parenting. This child's alive. That one isn't. You can't change it. Um, depression is huge. And women who have an abortion are six times more likely to attempt or commit suicide, along with, of course, alcohol and drug abuse is huge because you try to kill the pain. And I know women personally, I know three women who committed suicide after their abortions. 
And I myself had cervical uterine damage. I fought depression for years, alcohol and drug abuse. So, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I've been there, done that. And I believe that it is critical that young people and especially the public know all the truth about legal abortion, that it is not a safe procedure, that it causes many women uh, physical and mental health problems in the aftermath, and that these are our children. These are children created in the image of God. They are not blobs of tissue. Every single one of us began in our mother's womb. And to me, you know, there's something schizophrenic when at one end of the hospital, they're doing everything to save sick, premature babies. And down the hallway, they're killing healthy children. There's something wrong here. It is the greatest human rights violation of all time in all of history is, is the enactment, the practice of abortion, the shedding of innocent blood on women. So, Denise, you've had um, a lot of painful history. You've also come to know the forgiveness that is ours through Jesus. So what would you say, uh, as, we're, uh, as we broadcast this program a short time after Mother's Day, what would you say to um, a, a woman who has gone through this and is crushed, crushed emotionally and crushed by guilt? Yes, I would say, first of all, you need to humble yourself, realize and accept that abortion took the life of your child or your children. If you've had multiple abortions, ask God to forgive you. And the good news is that God does forgive us. The hard part is forgiving ourselves because we know Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins, including abortion. But then you have to forgive yourself, and that takes time. But you just, by faith, you have to say, I forgive myself. And then turn it around for good. God wants to take what Satan meant for evil and turn it around for good. Not everyone is going to be vocal and speak out publicly like I do. But there's other things. You can be prayer support, work in a pregnancy crisis center, uh, you, know, um, you know, be an advocate for children and life. And I, I also believe, you know, God has called us to be the salt and light of the earth and that he wants us to take back our governments, take back our health care systems, take back the law courts and the schools, because we need Christian leaders to be a voice to stand up for truth, justice and righteousness in our culture, in our generation and in our world. Because Jesus said, if we lose our saltiness, we are no good but to be trampled on by the foot of man. And I believe that this is a call to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and to rescue those who are being unjustly sentenced to death. We'll come back to Denise in just a moment. I'd like to uh, tell our listeners where you can find this radio program on the Internet. If you go to our webpage, uh, ELM. Houston.org, you'll find our uh, webpage about us, about uh, Pastor Schultz and myself and other uh, radio hosts. We're all volunteers in this. And so if you'd like to uh, support what we are doing by interviewing uh, Christians and uh, talking about their unique stories, how they are sharing the gospel of Jesus with the world, uh, we'd appreciate your support. Uh, your uh, dollars buy us airtime. 
uh, so that we can broadcast. You can write us at ELM PO Box 568 Cypress, Texas 77410 or you can go to that website elmhouston.org. You can donate online. You can also jump from there to go to our Facebook page, our Twitter account or over to uh, YouTube. You can connect with us in that way. Coming back to Denise, Denise, you have um, a website as well. Yes. If anyone would like to connect with me or get involved in uh, work at the United Nations, uh, you can contact me through my website, which is www.togetherforlife, F-O-R, life.net, togetherforlife.net. And I also have a Facebook page um, but the best way, I think, is just go to my website. I have lots of information and resources on there. I've written a book called The Bride, the Serpent, and the Seed, which pray for me because right now a producer uh, is looking at making my story into a movie because this side of the story needs to get out there. So I really appreciate your prayer backup. It's a wonderful thing when our Lord takes us and... Um, helps us to see beyond our brokenness and our low points in life, and he lifts us up. It's one of the most amazing things to me, Denise, that uh, we have not only forgiveness, but Jesus has elevated us above all creation and made us to be co-heirs with Christ, Christ's brothers and sisters, if you will. Uh, we are children of God for eternity, and um, how God can forgive and also empower us, restore us, gift us is uh, just is just mind-boggling. So helping helping women who've um, had this difficult history see themselves in the way that God sees you as forgiven and loved is a very powerful and important message. And so we thank you, Lord, for Denise and, and your work uh, with the UN and, and so many countries around the globe where you're, up, you're doing this public speaking. Thank you. And I, I, I know we probably don't have time for this, but I just want listeners to know that um, when I was about 32 years old in my little Toronto apartment before I met my husband, uh, Jesus appeared to me with my three aborted children as old as they would have been. I asked each one to forgive me. Each one forgave me. And that's when I knew that I knew I had to be a voice for them. And then God blessed me with a wonderful son who is now 29 years old. And the joy and blessing of being a mother there, there's nothing that can describe the the gift of motherhood. I just want to share that. Thank you. Well, with faith in Christ Jesus comes complete healing. And with Christ, there is life, and there is uh, life under the love and forgiveness of God. And so we thank you that you have uh, continued to share with so many people who are hurting the message of forgiveness and life that is to be found with Christ Jesus. Uh, Denise, blessings on your work, and we will keep you in prayer that uh, your message and your, your history is turned into a, a movie. Uh, we'll look forward to, uh, to that and uh, hope that people connect with you on your website as well. Um, give us that website once again. Yes, it's www.togetherforlife.net. Together for Life. 
www.thepacificationfoundation.net. Very good. God's blessings, Denise. Join us again real soon for another edition of Engaging Truth. God's blessings. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for taking a few minutes this evening to listen to Engaging Truth. You are hearing this interview in particular because someone's gift to ELM made it possible. As you listen to the last part of this message, would you prayerfully consider making it possible for others to hear by giving to ELM? And so make your gift to ELM P.O. Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410. Your gift is tax deductible and you'll receive a receipt. Thank you.